0: America's Heroes Group, we are globally connected. Our next guest are, and our, is our partner and family caregiver, Keisha L. Jackson. So yes, yeah, Saturday, February 5th, 2022, February is Black History Month and also American Heart Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. My name is Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. We have a great show for the next half hour. Don't don't want to miss this. Also, look at us on live on Facebook. Check us out on Facebook. Also, leave comments. Talk to let us know what you want to hear about. What you have questions about. Talk about our our show and our content. Share. So we can also connect with other people across the country and around the world. You can also listen to America's Heroes Group on the iHeartRadio app. Just search America's Heroes Group and watch us on digital TV streaming platforms like Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and our partner, Zondra's TV Network. That's Zondra's with a Z, Z Z-O-N-D-R-A, Zondra's TV Network. So, Keisha, are you on the line with us today? Yes, I am, Sean. How are
1: you? Happy New Year. I didn't get a chance to say that last month.
0: Happy New Year. Thank you. So you have a couple of things to talk about. So we wanted to get into AARP and some of the things that they're working on. AARP is a a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization with 38 million members, five million of which are veterans.
1: Yeah, I uh, I started volunteering with AARP last year. You know, I heard about AARP probably all my life growing up, and always thought about AARP being for older, for retired people, you know, things of that nature. But last year I became a a volunteer and ambassador in the area where I live with AARP and there was two areas um, in terms of of what AARP does that I was really uh, inspired by and one of them was helping caregivers and the other was for veterans and the different programs and the different resources that they have for um, veterans and caregivers was just astounding to me. So it... um, it's just definitely something that I wanted to talk about and bring forth to the, uh, to, the, to the listening audience. A
0: lot of people don't realize that, that ARP has a lot of veteran programs for caregiving things like that. There's tons of stuff out there I on our website that veterans could take advantage of. So the caregiving program in particular I know we very much want to talk about because that's something that's really important. You're a caregiver yourself, 22 year retired veteran. What does the, the ARP provide as far as caregiver services or helping people who are caregivers?
1: Well, one of the things that I really love about AARP is because they're bipartisan, um, non-bipartisan, but they go to fight for us. You know, they are there um, fighting for our rights, fighting for our benefits, fighting for discounts on drugs. Each uh, AARP does a um, um, prepare-to-care, I won't say podcast or a presentation is really what it is. And even with that presentation, um, it's talking about preparing to be a caregiver because it's something, you know, I always say on the show, it's something that we don't think about is that you want to help learn before you become a caregiver. You know, just like in the military, I say for us, we go to boot camp or basic training and the different things. And that's one of the things that AARP does is with their Prepare to Care is to tell you about some of the steps and the different things and um, some resources that are out there that you can partner with. You know, just just it's just a lot. Um, Like another thing that they're really doing that I'm really excited about is they are fighting to help us um, to lower the cost of drugs. You know, our Mm -hmm. medical expenses. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a lot. Yeah, they're they're doing a lot. They also have the Care Act, and so what with that, it allows it requires the hospitals to let caregivers know, first of all, to even ask if there is a caregiver in the family, right? Even when that person goes in the hospital and make sure before that person comes home that they're communicating with the caregiver, letting them know that these kind of going over like basic things that they may need to know to help with that caregiver. I mean, I'm sorry, to help with the person that they're taking care for. So, yeah, they they just... They just really, really do a lot of different things that are really, really good, really great, and really helpful for people in terms of uh, caregiving. Now,
0: do you know, what's the age for an ARP? How, how old do you have to be? Is it 55, is that right, or is it younger
1: Well, that? the age is 50, but I don't believe, and I don't wanna, um, the age is 50. You know, everybody, um, I have friends and different people, when they get around 59, 48, um, um, 48, 49, or 50, and they'll tell me, hey, I got my letter from AARP. And ironically, someone, um, my brother, just reached out to me the other day, and he knows that I do a lot of volunteering with AARP, and so he reached out to me and he said, hey, I keep getting this literature from them, and I know that you do a lot with them, and you always talk about all of the great things that they're doing. Can you tell me a little bit more about AARP? So although the age that you're going to get probably that letter in the mail is going to be 50, AARP has done things with um, younger ages, okay. you know, as well as the older ages.
0: Because that's why I keep hearing that the, the AARP is not just for people who are seniors, people that are 50 and older, <laughs> that a lot of different things that people can connect with through AARP. And then and I've even yeah. seen people that are volunteers and that are you know in their 30s.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, again, that's what I'm saying. they're doing so much and they're trying to expand their resources into their resources and to let you know that it's not this view of what people have. I think, although 50, you know, like now people will probably say 50 is the new 40s, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you see people, when you look at them or different things, but a lot of times I think back the old mindset when people thought of AARP or or different things like that, they had this mindset of people that were in wheelchairs kind of barely making it, you know, getting around. Mm -hmm. But uh, AARP is just, they're just changing the game for, for a lot of that. And uh, in addition to the caregiving side of it, you know, just like the caregiving, they're doing a lot for the military. Um, They're offering different workshops for resumes, um, different type of training, you know, and just connecting people, even um, uh, providing information for the VA. So yeah, they're 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 doing a lot.
0: And that's one thing I wanted to tell. is make sure the veterans reach out to, or go to the ARP website. Just go check out their website and and download some of those resources and get some of the information that they have because there's tons of stuff out there. And I use it all the time yeah. for information. It's for it's to get basic information about what's going on in my yeah. field. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. I think it's really uh-huh. important.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really good. You're right. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of training. They have, um, maybe have different uh, webinars or different things like that in terms of technology to help you with social media. They also have stuff for uh, prevent you from fraud, from scams. There is, yeah, they're they're doing a lot of a lot of good work.
0: Now so. one, one thing I always wanted to ask you about. We never had a lot of time to talk about this topic, but when you're a caregiver. Are there mm-hmm. programs? Um, Picking your brain. Are there programs out there where people can get um, money or financing or, pay, or get paid to take care of a family member if they if they need uh, caregiver services?
1: Well, there are a lot of different programs out there. Unfortunately. Some of the programs that they have, there was programs where really you can get paid to take care of your family member. But unfortunately, in some areas, some states, they're stopping that. Um, There were spouses that were able to get paid for taking care of their caregiver. I know specifically in Pennsylvania, spouses we're getting paid or, uh, to take care of caregivers, but they canceled it for spouses. Hmm. There are programs. I would say specifically, though, you know, is this being geared towards the VA, towards our military populace, that you definitely want to check with the VA. There is um, um, age-blind and disab- uh, disabled, I think that's the, the name of it, is ABD. And that is a good program for family caregivers to, um, to learn about. There's a lot of other programs out there, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then there's, like, the local area agency on aging, too. Um, it may not be a program that's out there in terms of financially supporting you, but they can help you in terms of uh, pointing you with resources that are in your local area. Because whether it's ARP or so many others, although a lot of them are state. Um, you know, they're all over, a lot of times what they're going to do is they're going to try to gear you to your specific state, to your particular area, to your particular region to be able to help you get that information that's most relevant, you know, where you're at.
0: And I've also seen that through the Veterans Administration, through the VA um, health um, um, programs, they had a couple of different, I think there's three, I want to say this, tied directly through the Veterans Administration where you can get caregiver services or get funding or even get people, if you don't have a family member that can take care of you, having having uh, people from the VA that are contracted through the VA, I should say, come in and actually help you with caregiver services. Maybe just doing things like cleaning up the house or cooking and things like that, helping you get in and yeah, out of bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and
1: that's the one where I would say like your local area agency, the, the VA can help you with that. AARP can help you with that. Um, even the Red Cross, there's just so many that are doing things that a lot of times we don't really know about because they're kind of like those folks in the background or I'm saying they're going to Congress and they're trying to fight for different rights and for um, us to get more access to different things that we don't really know about. But your local area agencies, some of the VFWs can help you, you know, in terms of pointing Uh, you to people that can really help, that can sit, that can can volunteer for you um, right in your home. But when you said that, that made me think of something that's kind of off topic, but at the same thing. It's so important for caregivers, right, to really be prepared in so many different areas to caring for a loved one. And this includes preparing for when our our family member transitions, right? Mm. Um, I have in the last month, right, have either in one way or another, whether it's between my family or friends, I've been in, in one way involved with eight deaths wow. of family members and friends. And in those situations, some of them were financially prepared in terms of the funeral expenses, and some of them were not financially prepared in the funeral expenses, Some were able to work with the VA to call them at the last minute, you know, because they didn't even know because they weren't per se associated with the VA, although the level was Mm -hmm. that they can reach out to the VA and the VA was able to uh, tell them the specific things that they needed to um that that person needed to provide to the va for the, the va to provide the assistance that they would be able to do and the flag and the different things like that mm-hmm. and then on the other hand i've seen people that have had to actually at the last minute go out and do a GoFundMe account trying to get the funds to take care of the family member to bury a family member or to do the cremation so Um, Whether it's AARP, we're talking about AARP, some of these other agencies, and I know you were talking about finances in terms of helping the caregiver. That's one thing that I really would like to get into the ears of our audience and different people. We have to really think about that part as well, whether it's health insurance, you know, whether it's setting some aside or even if it's just sitting down having the conversation about what's next. And then sometimes, in some cases, that's what's next is that last step that we need to take to make sure that we have those things in place.
0: I think that's really a strong point because a lot of people don't even know sometimes that their family members was a veteran. So if if they're a grandson or a granddaughter, they may not know that grandpa or grandma was a veteran. So having that conversation is really, really critical. But then also mm -hmm. taking advantage of the resources that are out there. I remember one time Mm -hmm. working with uh, someone. Old jobs sometimes, especially people that worked in the steel mills, people that came out of the military they got a lot of these blue-collar um, factory jobs, a lot of those companies actually provided health insurance – not health insurance, life insurance for their employees that people don't realize. Get in right. contact with those old HR departments. Some they're, they're hard, harder to find nowadays because a lot of them have uh, been bought out or moved over to different companies and so on. But they're still out there, and I've even found yeah. a lot of these, these these policies. You know, go look for and those old policies where yeah. you, know, you can you can cover some of these expenses. So much money gets this gets left on the table. People don't even realize. I mean, I always right. recommend to.
1: Or your... you have you may have the other side of it where you have a person that has been paying into a policy for years, oh, yeah. right? I mean years, mm-hmm. and then they find out that um, it's only worth, say, $2,000. And right. I'm not saying that to knock $2,000 because $2,000 is a lot of money, especially when you don't have any or just have a little. Mm-hmm. But averaging some of the – just from, the, I'm saying, the, the, the situations that I've been and i seeing, seen, the expenses have been anywhere from about 5000 to 7000 to $8,000. dollars hmm And so to be able to say, hey, um, you know, uh, that is a business, right? They're not going to want to hear you say, well, can I um, pay you next week or different things like that. And so it's changing the mindset of a lot of people because they're shocked at that very last minute to find out, wow, I I wasn't prepared for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have that information. I didn't, I didn't know that. And you're right, like you were saying, in terms of um, the VA. In the military, there are specific excuse me there are specific things that the VA is going to need. They're going to want to know the person's social security number they may want to know you know the branch of service that they were in they're going to want to know um, they're going to ask specific questions and the more the date of discharge or whatever you know the more information that you have the better it's going to help you to care for your loved one even even at a time like that Mm
0: -hmm. i was i'm a big proponent of having an estate binder every household particularly if you're over 50 you should have an estate binder where all your information is in that book if you have a dd-214 If you have life insurance policies, bank account information,s also um, one thing people don't think about oftentimes is the, the state of Illinois. And every state has an unclaimed property or abandoned property mm-hmm. website. There is tons and tons of money. I, every two or three years, I just go in there mm-hmm. to see if there's something out there, mm-hmm. and be, I might get thirty bucks or twenty bucks, or whatever, from an old refund check I didn't cash that I you know forgot about, whatever. But especially with seniors, a lot of times they'll have. Lots of money that's from old refunds from utility mm-hmm. bills or a, a paycheck that wasn't cash. I mean, all kinds of just random stuff that's on mm-hmm. the abandoned property website. Go on that website, put in your name, information, your addresses. It's, it's a maze of information to sort through, so it's not easy necessarily all the time to get information. But you will be surprised. I tell people this yeah. all the time, and they find tons and tons of money, sometimes thousands of dollars, that's been accumulated over the years because a family member passed away or a person is a a senior and they have this stuff that they forgot about that hasn't been claimed and it goes to the state it goes to the state, it's abandoned property
1: yeah, and, you know, like you're saying, um, um, older, the older generations, for for the most part, a lot of times they, wanna, they don't want to talk about certain things, so you kind of have to guide them. It goes back when I was saying even like AARP, they have the prepare-to-care to help you prepare before you become a caregiver. But, you know, right now we're talking about more of the latter part of the caregiving and the transition part and preparing for that. And so sometimes it can be difficult to get your loved one to talk even if it's about the military, because the military may not have been such a a good experience for them. Mm -hmm. But you have to find ways to see if you can get that information, you know, like that place of birth, you know, that last name or that middle name or or the place of marriage or what, how old they were. I mean, um, the, the level of, education that they got, you know, um, specific things in terms of their military service, the date of their discharge, all of those different things are definitely going to be helpful. So if you can elicit and get that information out now, it's just helpful. It's just very, very helpful on the other end.
0: Wow. What do you think is the hardest thing about being a caregiver as far as, is it, is it, is it the physical strain? Is it the emotional strain? Is it both? Is it, is it the financial part of it? What's the hardest part about being a caregiver?
1: I think for some, I would say even personally for myself, and I've described it as something that you're kind of like thrust into. Now, you can have all the military training and different things. You have, you know, all of that experience. But until you're placed in that situation, it's completely different. And so when I became a caregiver for my mother, so I would say it's the the emotional, the physical, it's all of it and not being skilled in that area I literally got a phone call from one of my brothers who said that our mom was in the hospital. And when I got there, I found out that she had stage four operable lung cancer that mm-hmm. had metastasized into her ribs. Wow. And unfortunately for my mother, she was discharged from the hospital. Um, at, and, and I never really got the full story of it, but because she didn't have proper insurance. So it kind of ties into some of the things that we're talking about. But my mother was unable to take care of herself. So I eventually moved her in to live with me. And so I was working full-time, but I was trying to take care of her, having to open up my house almost 24-7 to have people come in to help me care for her. But there was things that I was not skilled in to be able to do specifically for her or I had to learn on the fly. And that's a very uncomfortable feeling, you know, when you're you're administering medicines or different things like that that you have to learn how to do. Um, so, yeah, I would say like that, uh, that's one of the things. Um, financially, it's probably another thing because you're thinking that maybe they have the, the finances to take care of themselves, but even with Medicare or Medicaid, it doesn't necessarily help in some of the areas that you need, even if you are a military vet. Hmm.
0: Now, have you been to a lot of a lot of facilities that are in the, the VA system? I know we have a few here in Illinois. Um, I won't name them because they're—I mean—they're scattered across Illinois. But do you do you like some of the veteran facilities that are designed as like nursing homes or care facilities?
1: You know, I've gotten a chance to go to some. Of course, haven't been able to go for quite some time now because of COVID and different things like that. And I do—you do see some really great people that's trying to do really, really great things for the veteran community, even if it's just being able to sit around and hear some of the war stories that some of the older members, I mean older people that were in the military um, talk about. So yeah, I love going to places like that to be able to uh, volunteer, because you learn a lot more. You learn more compassion than even I think you thought you had, you know. And it's such an honor to be able to, I still say, to be able to provide service to someone that served in the in the, in the military even well before you did.
0: Keisha, I really appreciate your time. It's good to hear your voice again.
1: Yeah, yours you as well, Sean. It's always great to talk to you.
0: Keisha L. Jackson, U.S. Air Force veteran and family caregiver. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.